0: oh ben somehow on the last podcast we did the last special we recorded we somehow ended up talking about the school changing rooms when we were when we were like 11 years old yeah let's try and not do that again oh and we also established that both our dms are open they still are open well mine are open ben yours are still open
1: mine haven't changed in two days
0: No, neither of mine. Without further ado, let's continue the 2020 recap right here on the RTQ Film Podcast. In the most recent episode, we looked at the best TV series of 2020. We looked at the top 20. In the next episode, we're going to be looking at the best films of 2020. But in this episode right here, we're going to be uh, looking at the top 20 performances of 2020. Now, this is very exciting uh, coming up we have got roles uh, from song con ho ria seahorn and naomi merlant as well ben how well did i do at pronouncing those
1: well i'm not sure so we're gonna have to say this right now there's lots of international this is a very international list lots of names i'm not confident on saying i'm sure you're probably even less confident So, we're sorry. Be honoured you're on the list and do not care about the pronunciation.
0: Without further ado, let's kick off the top 20 best TV and film performances of the year. Let's go. Number 20.
1: Am I saying it? Yeah, number 20.
0: I mean, I I didn't know how to pronounce it. Number 20.
1: Michaela, isn't it? Yeah, number 20 is Michaela Cole from I May Destroy You. Now, um... Her show was on our top 20 TV shows, which we recorded the other day. If you want to listen to that, um, it's genuinely one of the most powerful and impactful things that's been seen in a long time. She was the complete archer of the project, writing it, directing it, producing it and being the lead in it. And she really brought her own personal experience to the role. Which made it so beautiful. And her character, Arabella, was so confident and cocky. And uh, she's an influencer and trying to write a novel in the beginning. And then I don't want to spoil it, but it happens in the first episode. She gets assaulted and it changes everything. And it's-
0: for some reason, it just felt like a really personal performance. I don't know how much of it is actually based on her own past. I genuinely don't know, but it just felt like she really connected with the character.
1: She's admitted it's based off her own experiences, say.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That's a pretty bold thing to do that as well, to kind of relive it.
1: Brave and bold. And yeah.
0: I feel like that was a a great, uh, a great, great choice to kick off the top 20. And honestly, that's really good. The bits I've seen of I May Destroy You... So, so good. So uh, I'm actually really excited, but also quite nervous uh, as to what Ben has got planned for the next 19. Ben, you haven't made any errors. On the most recent one, number 16 or something, you were like, yeah, that should have been third. We haven't done that this time, have we? Or have you? I'm not taking the rap for it.
1: Um, I just wrote things down as I thought of them. So, you know, you can probably critic where everything is and I'll happily argue where everything is. So
0: so one thing that really we did talk about, probably far too long on uh, the most recent list, was uh, the show Pen15. I was like, is it about a 15-year-old with a pen? Is it about 15 pens? Ben said, well, Ben, what did you say?
1: Well, just write out the word Pen15, and it is... That very immature joke that middle schoolers make that, oh, it looks like the word for the male anatomy that I'm not sure I can say on this podcast. Am
0: I I really in the uh, minority not getting that first glance, do you think?
1: No, I don't, but I think you're in the minority for taking so long to not get it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I fully went on about it. Uh, In at number 19 is Maya or Maya...
1: Erskine.
0: Er- Erskine. We're going to go Erskine. Are we going go Maya yeah. or Maya?
1: Maya Erskine. That's what I would say.
0: Okay. For her role in Pen15. Yes, yeah, so
1: talk she- to me. She also created the show, much like uh, Michaela Cole did, and she also used her own personal trauma of reliving her experiences as a 13 year old high school girl
0: going on here isn't there
1: yeah i mean her trauma i would say was arguably as bad because she's going through being a 13 year old girl again i mean how horrible wow. would that be um and she is she is hilarious in the show like it's a really funny show really well written but she's brilliant in it and she really uses her own personal experience and just the gag of having two 30-year-olds with braces dressed as 11-year-olds acting alongside a bunch of 11-year-olds never gets old. And it's weirdly not noncey so it actually works.
0: It does sound very <laughs> noncey.
1: Yeah, but and I'm not one of those people who's like, art is art and there should be no boundaries. No, if it's not appropriate in the real world, it should not be appropriate on film or TV but it does work
0: fully genuinely fully agree with that statement on now to number 18 delroy i think i smashed that delroy we're going delroy it's delroy It is. yes delroy lindo in da five bloods da five bloods why not use the word there i don't know but oh well
1: yeah da da five bloods the new spike lee joint um was excellent this year. It may be appearing on the top twenty films of twenty twenty.
0: Oh, bit of a bit of a spoiler, bit of a tease. I like bit,
1: that. It was it was a brilliant film. Um, Spike yeah. Lee properly proved why he is such a great director, and Lindo, who's a really underrated actor, um, never's got the big roles he deserves. Went full Shakespearean in the third act of the film and had some. Unbelievable... My jaw just dropped.
0: Having Ben, we've both done some plays in Shakespeare many a time. Together. Oh, he
1: wasn't. It wasn't like Shakespeare language, but it was like, oh, you know, you God know God when you see that, like. You know
0: how shit I am uh, acting Shakespeare and also to understanding it. I don't know what anybody else's lines mean. I don't have the foggiest clue. I just say my line and hope it's right and hope I understood what they said. So I may be able to watch this now.
1: Yeah, no, what I mean is, you know, when you see those clips of like the properly good actors like your Kenneth Branagh's and your Laurence Olivier's and the Ian McKellen's chewing on Shakespeare and nailing it. He does like that in the kind of big monologues towards the end of the film. Properly powerful. So, yeah, he's good.
0: Yeah, that does sound very, very, very good. Uh, on now to our next one, number 16. Ben, what have we got on number 16? So, You're having a swig of your water. You didn't expect that then, did you? No. We so, still need to master. I always said this on the, the, the other special. We need to master when we sip water.
1: Yeah, well... Um,
0: it's the little things. It's the little things, mate.
1: I know, I know. But um, I think I talk slightly more than you on these. So I have slightly less gaps to... Do a swig.
0: I felt like that was a a shot fired. No, I feel like in these three specials we're doing, we talk 60 40.
1: Yeah, but
0: 70 30. But I think normally it's about 80 20.
1: Yeah, normally I can find myself talking for ages, just looking at the water drooling. (laughs) What? And you could just see me on my phone. (laughs) And I'm just like, but in. But <laughs> think of something, Jacob.
0: <laughs> well, you, we need to have, like, a, a hand gesture for you to tell me something, because we're on a Zoom call right now. Hi, Dan. Um, <laughs> we need, like, a signal. We need a signal. We, like we're having a chat on air that we We're having a chat on air that we need to have off air. Then um, Let's carry on.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I should just text you sometimes in the pod if I need to contact you. It'd probably be quicker. Um. Anyway. Yeah,
0: we've done. I've done that to you before. I've been like, <laughs> "Should we start again?" And you'll be like, "Yeah, let's start again." <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so seventeenth is Christina Applegate for her role in Dead to Me, and you will probably know Miss Applegate from her brilliant role next to Will Ferrell in Anchorman, and she has truly done comedy with the best. But Dead to Me, she gets her own show. She gets to be blisteringly funny in this murder mystery thriller improving of Linda Cardinelli and James Marsden. It is one of the funniest shows. It's dark. And the second the second season had no right to work. Cause if you've seen the show, you'll know what I mean. The first season tied it off pretty well by killing one of the main characters. And that character then returns as a twin. But um you know, it, it shouldn't work, but the draw. I right. love
0: how I love how on some some of these you're like, yeah, no spoilers, and then some of them you just straight away get
1: into the Well, no, story. Dead to Me season one came out May 2019. That's what 18 months ago. I have no qualms spoiling anything that's over that's 18 months old. It's like saying, it's like saying, oh, spoiler, the worst one. Okay, someone once told me off for spoiling First Man for them, the film about Neil Armstrong, when I said, when he lands on the moon. (laughs) Like, that is not a spoiler. It is a quite... I mean,
0: to be fair, to be fair, did he actually land on the moon?
1: We're not having that debate right now, because I do think the moon landing was faked. But it would be more of a spoiler. (laughs) So do I! It would be more of a spoiler if I said... And when the moment that the plane, that the rocket blew up, that would have been a spoiler for just saying. Wait, did it blow up? No, he made it back to Earth safely. I was just... what I was going to say, I really thought he did. Or did he ever
0: leave Earth in the first place? He didn't.
1: Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's carry on the countdown. We're up to number 16 right now, Saria McCormick. Uh, in the vast of night. Yeah, or another vast. If you're posh,
1: the vast. Yeah, another film that um is probably about science fiction and the out of world. Well, why does it probably it is? And in a world where the moon landing was almost definitely faked, it's a radio play that's been brought onto film, which means McCormick had lots of dialogue and it's quite quick and it's quite complicated but she nails it out the park it's one of her breakthrough roles i hope to see much more the vast of night was also heavily underseen on amazon and the best sci-fi film of the year so yeah she's brilliant
0: ben you know what i've just realized mate yeah every single one so far has been a woman
1: no delroy lindo's a dude
0: oh yeah, yeah 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 no yeah i didn't see that i didn't see that i haven't got my glasses on but no you know what i love is that 2020 so many strong women actors coming through the ranks 2020. So many, I feel like there is a bit of a lack uh for women actors um in general so it's really good to see more come onto the scenes playing such interesting and a diverse range of roles i love it i'm all for yeah it. i mean look it. at
1: the emmys that were earlier this year and look at the oscars the ones we think will be next year, and who we the female races, the best actress and supporting actress races, are so much more competitive than the male ones. And or best actress is looking to be the most competitive category for a nomination at this year's Oscars. Very, very exciting stuff. Mm. And we will,
0: of course, be covering the Oscars and reacting to the nominees and the winners, the losers, oh uh, God, right here that's... on the Articulate Film podcast. So make sure. You keep listening, basically. It's
1: the Oscars Thanks. so daunting. And they're so, like, months away, which is a horrific thought. Anyway, in number 15... Uh,
0: uh, no, no, no. We spoke about this before on the podcast. What do you do on Oscars night? Obviously, it's American time. You stay up all through the night and have a Three glass of champagne by yourself. Three
1: o'clock, champagne, tux, yeah.
0: Just by yourself?
1: Just by myself. It's a...
0: That is not sad whatsoever. Let's get into number 15 right now. Mrs. America, uh, played by
1: kate blanchett you the know one and
0: only kate i would say kate blanchett
1: um you know one of we're the, going
0: for blanchett
1: one of the greatest actresses of all time um
0: so ben mrs america was in our top tv series
1: yeah i think it came what 12th or 13th um blanchett yeah. is the best part of it it's she's the only reason to watch that show when she plays conservative activist Phyllis Shapley. And it's the it's the truth about a really great performance that they can love get you to love a character and an actress of someone who is properly detestable. And Schlaf Shapley, who I think is dead now, was truly a detestable person. Like, how can you fight against women's rights? As a I know. you know, and but Blanche is brilliant. And Miss America. It's
0: on yesterday's and i feel like we always go way too political and way too deep sorry but we've just kind of got into that habit now humans are horrible people well obviously people we're just horrible
1: yeah humans are the worst and uh, anyway miss america has a load of brilliant performances not least by blanchette and i just kind of put her in at 15 you and- just said that
0: the only reason to watch mrs america is for blanchette and now you're saying he's got loads of great performances
1: Well, it's kind of a mixture of both because, um, uh, like, Blanchett's brilliant and she's the lead, but then you also have Rose Brine as, or, you know when you have a mind blank? Yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or did I just expose you and now you're massively trying to cover it up?
1: No, so you have Uzo Aduba as Shirley Chisholm, who was the first woman ever to run for president or major woman. You have Rose Brine, who's playing... The most famous feminist of all time, which is why I'm really embarrassed. I'm blanking on her name. Who is it? Gloria Steinem. Rose playing Gloria Steinem. Um, so you know, it's a great cast playing great roles. But Blanche: I love how obviously I just pretended
0: best. I knew who Gloria Steinem was. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. No idea who she is. But well, she also uh, had back a biopic. To male now.
1: Pardon? She also had a biopic about her earlier this year, which I had to watch. I can't remember what it's called. It wasn't very good, but.
0: We didn't review it, did we?
1: No, I think I did a written review of it.
0: (laughs) Go check that out on the RTQ Film website. Is it still there? Is this before or after the website crashed? Uh,
1: Probably before. I don't think it's still there. In
0: that case, it's not on there. Uh, On to number 14 now. The second male to make an appearance on the list Gary Oldman in Mank.
1: Yeah, another very famous actor. Oscar yes. winner Gary Oldman, he won a few years ago. Here in Mank, he plays Herman J. Mankovic, the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. Um, not really a huge amount to say. It's a much more subtle performance than when he played Churchill a few years back. Um, Oldman's once again brilliant. He is amazing in the two hour film. Yeah, I think he's good. Mank, I find a brilliant film that is just very difficult to talk about.
0: Yeah, it's one of those. It's It's so
1: Oscar-baity. It's one of those films that's so Oscar-baity and everything in it is Right,
0: Okay. I assume everybody listening to this podcast is a fan of TV films, but if they've got it on the car with someone who's not a film and TV buff like myself, what was the word you just said? Oscar what?
1: Oscar-bait.
0: Right, can you translate that to English, aka my language?
1: When you watch a film that you just uh, I'm, know... I'm not
0: five. I'm not five, okay? I'm 18. You know, don't be patronising, Ben.
1: You just asked me to translate English into English. If you know when you're watching a film that's, like, right. made... You know it's purely made to win Oscars.
0: Yeah, I know when Drake released 2C Slide earlier this year, you could tell he released it purely so it got big on TikTok. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and it's a... Uh, It's a thing where they release films just going for the Oscars, and they have baity performances, mainly, often they're biopics or books. And lots of times, it's it's a dirty word. It's like, it is a really, If something's called, I love Oscar Bates, they're some of my favourite films, but it's kind of a dirty word if your film's called Oscar Bates.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And uh, still to come, we are going to be talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, The Boys and Shits Creek. They are all still to come. But right now, we are number 12, Ben.
1: Yes. uh, 13.
0: 13. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Joshua Caleb Johnson in The Good Lord Bird. The The Good Lord Bird. Okay, it's a bit of a, not something that rolls off the tongue.
1: Well, one of two child actors on our list, and I think the youngest actor on the list, but him and someone who's further down are like 15 and 16, so I'm not going to be dead certain on that. Um, He's brilliant. He's playing alongside Ethan Hawke, a brilliant actor in this abolitionistic slave drama, and Caleb Johnson holds his own, and that's the sign of a great performance. I was genuinely wowed by what he was doing. And the reason, as we go down the list, we've got lots of the smaller names and people you may not have heard of and they're not household names, is because these are the performances that I remember and have wowed me. And when Ethan Hawke does a good performance, I'm like, "See, Ethan Hawke. I know I've, you've been doing this great shit since the 90s. But when his 15-year-old co-star does it, I get up and applaud. So, yeah, he's great. Yeah.
0: I, I, I You know what? You're so good at selling people's acting. Mm. You
1: should be like a publicist. I'll be a great publicist.
0: You would be an exceptional mm. publicist, right? We're at number twelve right now. Yes, I can't even begin to pronounce that. Ben, off you, Bob.
1: Okay, it's the Welsh actress Moyford Clark. Um, yeah, this is in the what? Saint Maud. In Saint Maud, the horror film. Okay. One of, just checking this is true. Yeah, the only film on the list I saw in cinemas. Um. Clark's brilliant. Um, St. Maud is a kind of horror film, but it's also an exploration of loneliness. And Clark plays this nurse, Maud, who goes through a severe belief in God and believes the person she's caring for is the devil and tries to exorcise her and tries to... Go, comes more and more insular. And yeah, it's kind of it's unsettling and unnerving, and Clark Maud does some horrific things. But the talent Clark has is you sympathize for Maud and you empathize with her, which is truly brilliant.
0: Going from one show which I've never heard of, Film. Saint Maud, to a show that I've heard raved about a lot. Maybe by you, Ben, but also... No, it's not just you that's wrote about this to me. Quite a few people have. Uh, Normal People, obviously that was a huge show. One actor in particular really stood out to you in Normal People, Ben. Who was it?
1: Well, it was obviously Paul Mescal. I mean, I feel like he... Lots of middle-aged menopausal women watched the show because Mescal is objectively a very attractive dude and his chain managed to get an entire like social media following on its own. But actually, once you get beneath his attractiveness that makes me jealous, Mescal is a very strong actor. And the character of Connell has an arc that lots of, you forget about. He's, the world's moving faster than he is. He feels isolated. He feels anxious. But he's putting on this persona and this facade to the world. And lots of the show is about how Connell is only himself around the person who he loves, whose name I've blanked on. But is um, great. He's a properly... He's one of those actors who will be the next Brad Pitt or Leo. We're all going to know his name in 10 years' time. And everyone's going... That is a,
0: that, mate, that is a strong statement. That is a strong statement. However, normal people, huge show. I feel like, you know, you could, you could be onto something there. Right, we're halfway through. Let's enter the top ten right now with What We Do in the Shadows and a performance from...
1: Caven Novak, the English comedian who you may have seen in many sitcoms over the past ten years.
0: What else has he been in?
1: Four Lions. Um, he, was, he, he had his own that I can't remember because I didn't watch. Um, now, Novak and the other performance we've got in the top ten from a sitcom... Both are not the funniest members of their cast. For what we do in The Shadows, that's hands down Matt Berry. But they both have harder roles playing the straight man. And Novak nails that role. He's funny when he needs to be, but he also brings the more dramatic sides to it. And what we do in The Shadows could f- way too easily be far too ridiculous. bits it's Novak who... like, brings you into the world and tones it down a little bit and makes it palatable and digestible. So he's the best bit. So And that's what what I think is the hardest thing to do in a sitcom, because everyone can make the jokes, what land, if you get the role, but Novak's the guy who you're watching, and it's the more boring part, but it wouldn't work without him.
0: Ben, you know how I said earlier that I think in these kind of uh, recap special shows that we're doing, I think it's about sixty forty. Yeah, let me revise that probably to about seventy thirty. Yeah. You're talking a lot. Fair play to you. Have you water now? Go, go.
1: I've I've only got a little bit left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you been talking that much. To be fair, so have I. There's, Maybe I'm just being. Queasy. But there's
1: like because I'm on the on the table where we eat. There's still the water glasses from dinner tonight so glad um, to
0: know that you've washed up
1: yeah well no you clear the plates and they were left out because we were watching tv and you don't want clear glasses because people might still drink them
0: oh yes 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 very true very Mm. true uh let's continue the countdown now we are up to number nine
1: yeah so it's barbara colleen in baccarat now that film's gonna be on the top Twenty films and i'm gonna leave a little bit for that so i'm not gonna talk yeah i'm not gonna talk a huge amount about this one she's great brazilian actress her breakthrough we'll talk more about it tomorrow
0: very very exciting uh on now to ben what are you you love this show didn't you
1: yeah Shit's creek is funny it's very funny i laugh i laugh a lot shout
0: out to uh eugene lev Levy, yeah. uh, who had performance in Shits Creek, uh, landing number eight on our uh, top twenty performances. Yeah, the he's team.
1: the he's the co-creator of the show with his son Dan Levy, and of the main four, he's probably not met. He's probably not many people's favourites, and he's probably most people's least favourite. Um, because you have Dan Levy's Camp David, um, you have Annie Murphy's Alexis. He managed to have her song go TikTok famous. Uh, and then you have the way Catherine O'Hara pronounces the word babby. Babby. But um Levy, I've given this lot on because in season six, he was the best. He was the only one of the main four to properly have an arc and not swan around for the wedding. And he went from being the weak point of the show to the best point of it. So, and he's a straight man, which once against harder because... What the other three members in the cast are doing is ridiculous. Catherine O'Hara is hilariously funny, but the fact, the whole thing she does with their voice being so over the top is just funny naturally. But someone is needs it to like a oh
0: Ben? I was going to make a Friends reference, just remembering that you hate Friends. But is it like uh, Janice from Friends? Oh my god!
1: No, it's not. I'm just bad at impressions. Um, Catherine O'Hara it's you can't some describe i don't even think a vocal coach could describe what she's doing it's just she emphasizes syllables where they shouldn't be so she's like babby it's about like it's really difficult and we're not talking about kathleen o'hara even though she's a legend um but yeah it's there needs to be people studying how she speaks in shit's creek also, Eugene Levy, let's give him a shout-out for his best work, being the dad in American Pie.
0: Why isn't that on the list?
1: Because it came out in 1999.
0: Oh, he's an old chap, then. Yeah,
1: he's not He's not a young he's, gun.
0: He's, he I love must... that we've got a lot of like, upcoming uh, <laughs> actors and actresses on this list, but also we've got some, some old favourites. Levy
1: must, I'm looking at the list, is pro- I don't know, how, he's probably up there with Oldman and Lindo and Blanchett. For the older actors.
0: On now to seventh place, which we are awarding. I can't believe I just said the word awarding. Like, they're going to be so happy. Like, they've
1: won, and there's a trophy, and it's not...
0: And, like, we're really, like, advanced film critics that they just want our seal of approval. Like, being
1: seventh at the Artiki Film Awards is a real achievement.
0: And in seventh place, (laughs) here at the Artiki Film Awards, the award goes to... Sydney Flanagan, yeah, in Never really, Sometimes Always. Flanagan, where you water?
1: Yeah, uh, Flanagan is just an amazing, amazing debut performance. It took my breath away the first time I saw the film. Now, for those who don't know what it's about, it's about a girl who lives in. Some state in the middle of America that it's legal to get an abortion in, um, and travels to New York by bus to get the abortion. And the title never really, sometimes always, is in relation to a series of questions Flanagan's character gets asked midway through the film, where it's like.
0: I feel like it's uh, really topical because. Recently yes in the news there was a whole uprising about women abortions. So I feel like a lot of people women in particular could really connect with it in that way.
1: Yeah and firstly I'm pro-choice a hundred percent and so am I. But there's this scene in the middle of the film where Flanagan shines and she's asked did you how often it's questioned like have you been sexually assaulted never <laughs> rarely is it never rarely sometimes always. How often do you have sex without wanting to, being forced to? And it's in that scene when Flanagan gets really her chance to shine in a quiet role. It's a subtle role. It's a beautiful role. And I hope she gets an Oscar nomination. I really do.
0: That genuinely just sounds incredibly, incredibly moving and really, like, relevant, really relevant. I love uh, films and series' that people can really connect to because the issues actually happen in real life. I think it's really important and it also clearly provides that kind of education, which is always very much appreciated. On to number six now, Letitia Wright in Small Axe Mangrove wins the award.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, or if you're sick. Congratulations. I'm not sure sure if it's... Letitia,
0: is there anything you would like to say? Ben's looking at me like, "Shut the fuck up." Okay, I will. Ben, talk to me about small. Acts. I'm not
1: sure. I was just guessing. I'm not sure if coming sick if it counts as a win or a nomination, but um, <laughs> well done. Highly commended,
0: runner-up, man.
1: Nah. Somewhere it's commended somewhere. I don't. Hey, know. Just
0: wait till we get to number one. I, I won't. I won't hype it up or anything like that again because it's not what the listeners want to hear. We still got six months go, but uh, <laughs> I'll do it on number one, and you gotta to listen to that because you'll know what wins, Ben. Talk to me about it, Letitia Wright.
1: Yeah, so um, Wright plays the Black Panther, who I've forgotten his name because I didn't write it down because I stupidly forgot to write any actual notes at this bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, but, you know, sh- Can we just appreciate that Ben is literally um, right now? It says sixth, Letitia Wright in Small Axe Mangrove.
1: Yeah, that's all. that's
0: all it says. That is the same for every single one on this list. Well a okay. recent episode, Ben had like three n- bullet points minimum. This one, Ben, he's literally saying it all off the cuff. So fair play to you, man.
1: Yeah, she's playing Aretha Jones, who was the real-life Black Panther in the UK. And um, How
0: reliable is what you're saying, by the way?
1: That's very reliable. I've just checked my notes. Or not, I just checked the written up. No, article. no, no,
0: not with this, but in all of them, like...
1: No, I'm, I'm reliable, confident. Yeah. I'm confident. I know myself. I've watched everything. So unless yeah. I'm getting confused, um Wright is genuinely powerful. She has some brilliant scenes in the hour and a half Steve McQueen film. She's not the outright lead of it, but she's on most of the scenes. um I'm gonna be honest here. Wright's performance probably on its own isn't sick, but small act. I'm just gonna shout out this for fe- this se- season series. It's a TV series of six films which made it impossible to place for all three categories. I had no clue what to do because all six of them are amazing and there are so many brilliant performances. So it's more, well done, Letitia Wright. The whole cast are brilliant, but I've singled you out because I needed to single someone out on you in Black Panther. Um, John is also brilliant in his film. Um, Yeah.
0: Amazing, amazing. I'm feeling the tenseness now as we enter the top five the nominees for the top five position i'll say the top five okay and now it's gonna be like which one goes where actually no i'm not gonna do that because i can't pronounce the name so let's just get into number five carlo urban in the boys
1: yeah um the boys one of my favorite shows um of the year uh yeah you, you loved it i i love the boys i do it i can't wait for season three i've watched i've watched the whole thing about four or five times Carl um, Urban plays Bully Butcher, the superhero assassinator, your typical anti-hero. This season he got to properly go to some dark places and we really explored the relationship with his wife, who he thought had died. Um, it's not the flashy role like Anthony Starr Homelander, which is the greatest villain on TV. But Urban's butcher, you root for him, which is a challenge considering he does some horrific things. And it, by season two, his Cockney accent isn't great. And you're just like, oh, it's how Butcher speaks. It's ridiculous, I know. but
0: Is it like the guy in um, Kingsman?
1: No, because Taron Egerton has a good accent. It's more like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins level of oh, Cockney God. accent. Well, it is truly, yeah, it is truly one of the uh, not a good accent. I didn't... Is it
0: meant to be bad, though? Is that the point?
1: I'm not sure. What well, have you nominated him, Ben? Because other than his accent... Yeah, no, I haven't just nominated him, you've given him fifth place. Because he's brilliant, he is genuinely...
0: Yeah, with a... but he can't speak. He can speak. He's act... like me trying to do an American accent, you get what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's probably that bad.
0: <laughs> okay, well... But well, maybe, well, that's to be sure. fair... Well, but that just kind of, the last 15 places, it's like... <laughs>
1: No, okay. i have to defend this because I actually think Urban's horrific accent adds to the character of Butcher. Oh, bollocks. It adds to the roughness and the toughness of him. Because I don't, Butcher was not, I don't think he's from that area of London. They really dramatise it and they hype for it. To make him sound tougher and rougher and type of guy you and can do you imagine. And kind of, do you forget about it? You don't just heroes. laugh
0: at it. Like, obviously it's a, it's a bad accent, but do you kind of forget oh, about yeah, show, it? Oh yeah, once you're watching the show,
1: once you're into the show, you don't notice it. I'm just pointing it out now just to be like, yeah, his accent's terrible. But once I got on with it and then he was brilliant and he's been doing it for two seasons. And the hardest thing with a terrible accent is, be- is keeping it consistent. Yeah. And he yeah, did keep and he, his terrible accent consistent over sixteen episodes. So that's that's hard.
0: That that is hard. Or just slowly get better as the episodes go on, but then you go rewatch, you're like, is this the same person? Ben, throughout doing this podcast, I've discovered some people with some bloody cool names. Taiko Ititi love that name. I just think it's a sick name. Uh, fourth place, um, an actor from the Rocks. Yeah. Bucky Barkray is mm-hmm. the name.
1: Yeah, so Rocks is another small indie film that we're really going to be highlighting tomorrow. But Bucky Barclay is the breakout in the lead role of Rocks and she's only 16 and it's her first role and she's got so much praise for it. Um, I can't really describe the performance because it's both loud and understated. She's playing a sister, an older sister, whose mum vanishes and and her younger brother's taken care and her life's falling apart and she's 16 and she's dealing with some horrific stuff. But it just wouldn't work if the actress wasn't as good as Buck Ray. And the way her and her friendship group react just works. She's brilliant.
0: Amazing, amazing.
1: Now we're in the top three. Yeah. Very,
0: very exciting. We've got three shows left for you. Parasite, Better Call 4... And portrait of a lady on fire.
1: Such a good title. Um. Yeah. In third place is Naomi Merlant from the film Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, Amazing. She properly. Now, ben, t- why was she so good? Why did she stand out for you? Um. Well, that's a really hard question. But the film was just mesmerising, and she is brilliant in it and sometimes when the stuff gets so good it's hard to be nuanced or accurate or describe the words without it being compliments so that's i don't know i honestly don't know why you it's when you know it's brilliant when you can't put your finger on why it's brilliant there's just so much there
0: and obviously you just really really found her portraying of the character really good basically yeah she didn't have to do an accent did she
1: no, and it's also in French, so maybe oh, that, may, that bon helps, because French is a very sexual language, so maybe that just helped me get enamoured by her It is, it is. Like, the, like... We said
0: yesterday, like we said yesterday, our DMs are open, but if you're French, our DMs are wide open. If you're French, we'll respond
1: far too quickly, or Spanish, or Brazilian. Um, just
0: Or if you're anyone, we'll respond quickly, let's be honest at this point. <laughs> Right, Better Call Saul or Parasite, which one goes where? We can reveal.
1: In second place I'll, is... I'll let you
0: do... No, 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 we'll do, we'll do top. We'll do top, and then we'll talk about a second.
1: Okay. Well, Song You can... can
0: have the honour. can have the honour. Some... And the winner of the top performance of 2020, <laughs> as decided by Ben He from the Articulate Film Podcast, <laughs> is...
1: <laughs> oh, my God. If, if I wasn't, like, super tired right now, and I feel like I'm losing it, I would be finding... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it's it's song This is Kang. when I get
0: sacked, I won't be
1: here on the next episode. <laughs> it's <be> song... <laughs> It's song Kang Hoo from Parasite. Um but let's let's go back a bit To second to Rhea Seahorn Yeah, let's
0: talk about rear Seahorn in better cool soul.
1: Um how what she... did
0: um, what did number one have that number two
1: didn't? Mm. I'm not sure. These are difficult questions.
0: I'm ben, I feel like we've been doing so well, but I feel like you've just lost it now.
1: I, I feel,
0: <laughs> yeah, I have lost it. Ben's having an absolute fit. I can't talk about Better Call Saul. I've never watched it. Ben, put um... together, man.
1: <laughs> okay, so Rhea Seahorn <laughs> Rhea Seahord is um, she's I can't I don't know how she's never got an Emmy for her role. Um, she is so brilliant as Kim. The lawyer of sort or soul's co-lawyer. Um she wasn't really used in the first few seasons, but now she's become the best part of Better Kill Soul. She's your typical anti-hero, she's dark, she's broody. It's the best show on TV, and she's the lead lady of it, and she's amazing. But the reason why Sang Kong Ho won for Parasite, well, it it's more of an ensemble. The Parasite ensemble is all brilliant and I kind of picked Kang Hao out because he's the matriarchal figure, he's the father, and by the end of the film, it's on his shoulders when he's... I can't say that because it's spoilers, but um, you feel for it. It's an emotional role. It's heartbreaking.
0: Well done, bad. You stopped laughing. You're very <laughs> impressed. What was so funny about that, genuinely?
1: Um, it was... <laughs> it was you hyping it up so much.
0: Well, yeah, it's an absolute honour to be asked. That's what you sent me over the edge.
1: And it was when uh, you were like, "Why is it better? Why is it better?" And I was like, "Are you
0: laughing with me or at me?" That is the question. I was actually not, don't answer that. I was I just, not
1: laughing at you. I was laughing about how uncomfortable I was answer, ask, answering those questions, which I was so unprepared for because I, I can't to these. I literally. Oh, just, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: You they, i'm gonna get serious talking to after this um, no I'm no sorry, you're not ben, because i'm that is a very knowledgeable guy no ben's gonna to go to bed so much to be fair um, and <laughs> make sure you keep following the rte film podcast on all social media make sure you check out our website and uh, dropping over the next couple of days we're going to be reviewing the top 20 films
1: and then of i the year. A break
0: then thank you so so much and thank you very much for listening and goodbye see you soon bye